This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Pop culture addicts, welcome back to the new TNN for the latest edition of Brightman. My name is Johnny C, and thanks so much for joining us here on the new TNN uh, for Brightman, the show where we just talk about whatever bright idea I have in my mind. And folks, I missed ya! It's been a while since we last chatted here. Uh, Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror, and we're heading towards the dreaded holiday season. It's the holiday season. It's the reason I'm going to put a gun in my mouth. Oh, the holiday season. Okay, so it's really not that bad, but I get so stressed out during the holidays. And for that reason, I've decided to try to start with a bang, not from the gun in my mouth, but with something positive and fun that could bring us joy to get us through this dreaded time period. We're going back to an old favorite. So, when I started off Bright Man, one of the first episodes I did, I think it was one of the first, was going back and taking a look at what I consider the greatest piece of wrestling content to ever be produced. The main event from 1988, which culminates with, look at the plastic surgery, dude. Look at the $100 bills falling out of his wallet, dude. How much did they pay for it? Because Andre the Giant, dude, he didn't get the one, two, three on Hulk Hogan. It's this bogus referee. You know, the main event where Andre wins the gold and then gives it to the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Just, and, and when we reviewed it, we went through the thing sort of minute by minute it, as, a me, as a means to prove my thesis that it was the best piece of content ever produced. This go around, we're not so much walking in with a thesis that it's the best piece of content minute by minute, but we are heading to the main event two. The sequel to the main event, which took place in February of 1989. Now, I don't know if this is the best piece of content ever produced. Obviously, it can't because the first one is. But it is tremendous. It's a great trip through memory lane. And it has one of the hottest, most memorable angles in sports entertainment-based history. And I thought we would cover it. And as I am a huge mark for the macho man, Randy Savage, uh, we might be a little bit biased in this one. But I think if you know that going in, it'll be fair and square. So, as I mentioned, it's February 1989, February 3rd, 1989. And while we've had Saturday night's main events before, this is the main event too. The first main event took place on a Friday in February in 1988. Here we are, February 3rd, 89, and it's a Friday once again at 8 p.m. 8 p.m., goodness, not 8 p.m. 8 p.m. news. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, main event's on, let's go. That's a Johnny C. Adlib. But it's Friday night at 8 p.m. in prime time, live, L-I-V-E, live. And it's not even H-E-A-T on Kingfish. It's the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, up front, I don't know that I've ever seen this show all the way through front to back. I've seen the highlights, the clips, the match before piecemeal. But as I was looking at the card, there's a there's another match on this show, aside from the main event that takes place. I don't know if I've ever seen it, so I'm excited to see that content. I know that when I was a youngster, a kid in the neighborhood I lived in, who was a friend, not a friend, but a neighborhood friend, if you catch my drift, he claimed to have had this episode of the main event on tape. But whenever I said, can we watch it? He always said, no. I 
think he may have been full of shit. But alas, I'm not going to gonna shit on him. He just never let me watch it. So I've never seen it all the way through, like I said, clips thousands of times. And the main focus here is the Mega Powers taking on the Twin Towers. And yes, I like the rhyming brand synergy. As we open up, we get what has to be one of the greatest recap segments I've ever seen. It's so economically produced, which I will get into. Side effect, though, it also kind of looks like this could have been like Stephanie McMahon's uh, computer class, freshman computer class homework. Because given the archaic nature of the presentation, it sort of seems like a broke-ass PowerPoint. And I know that it could have been Stephanie's homework because I don't know what you guys did, but when I was in high school... I had a computer science class that I had to take, and I held it off to my senior year because I was just uninterested in it. Why, you might ask? Well, I mean, I'd been doing the shit that they would teach you for years based on the fact that I just had, I was an early, my household was an early PC slash Microsoft Office Suite adapter. So I just, I knew how to make a PowerPoint, I knew how to make an Office document, who gives a fuck? But in my senior year computer science class, I did uh, the big end of the year presentation or product for your, like, 80% 80% of your grade was to do a PowerPoint presentation? It's hard, I know. And I just did it recapping Backlash 2001. Uh, you know, uh, he, he who has the power has the gold. The uh, two-man power trip taking on the Brothers of Destruction in a triple header match. Uh, yeah, I probably have such vivid memories of that show just from doing the PowerPoint. But back, back to what we're talking about here. Stephanie's PowerPoint. Because... We start off with a face-to-face graphic of the Mega Powers being Savage, Liz, and Hogan on the left, and Boss Man, Slick, and Akeem on the right. And then, straight out of the fucking Batman TV show, we get a spitting newspaper. And please, as I'm going through this, I love this. If I make fun of it, it's done out of love. But we get a spitting newspaper graphic, and it's not so much, Joker takes over Gotham Museum, extra, extra, read all about it. It's a newspaper that's called Today's News. It's just the USA Today, all right? And the headline reads, Super Clash! Not the AWA show. This match is billed as Super Clash, and I kind of love it. In the center is the still photo from SummerSlam 88 of Miss Elizabeth holding back the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, all right? And... In the upper left-hand corner is a little picture of Miss Elizabeth. It's like exclusive interview with Miss Elizabeth. And in the right, it says, in the right corner, it says, Inside the Mega Matchup on page four. Now, this spinning newspaper graphic is the basis of the information they're trying to give us. The headlines, because we see seven of these spinning newspapers in this intro. But it's such a concise and clear way to get across to your audience, hopefully full of brand new eyes, what the focus here is. Vince is the narrator. Tonight, face-to-face, the best for the Super Clash. It's the Twin Towers versus the Mega Powers. It all started in the golden days of summer when the madness joined the mania to mark the first triumph of the Mega Powers. As Vince says this, we get, sh- we get shots of the post-match celebration from SummerSlam 88 where the Mega Powers defeated the Mega Bucks. Liz is up on the shoulder of the Macho Man and Hogan is posing. Liz, of course, is in her bikini briefs. Uh, the hoaxer, the macho man, and the lovely Miss Elizabeth. And then, newspaper two. The headline reads, Mania plus madness equals mega powers. 
Now, I've been talking about school. I never learned this equation in school, but it's much cooler than x equals negative b plus or minus the square root of b squared minus 4ac over 2a, okay? This is an equation I can get behind. Then, a still photo of Brother Love wipes across the screen, and we transition like it's fucking Star Wars. But very soon, the lying smile of Brother Love betrayed the Hulkster, stunned by the brutal boss man and blindsided by the sly slickster. The Hulkster barely survived the beating that would have crippled a lesser man. During this, we see clips of Hogan getting beat up by the boss man on the Brother Love show. Now, boss man's using a nightstick, and the slickster sprays a can of something in his face. Possibly arrogance. Newspaper 3 spins into the forefront. It says, The Riddler takes over the Gotham Aquarium. Probably should have been the peg one, but for some reason the Riddler did it. Or perhaps Mr. Freeze. But why is the Riddler taking over the Gotham Aquarium? It reads, Hulk does hard time for the big boss man. So again, if you don't know what you're seeing on the screen, that's your headline. Then, Brother Love's entire visage wipes for another transition, but this time it's him beat up, handcuffed, and his arm is hanging in the air. Again, wiping the screen like Star Wars. Justice came swiftly to Brother Love, but the Slickster continued his vile agenda, and his bully boys, Bossman and Akeem, Pearl Harbor, the Mega Powers. We see... Basically, the Summer or Survivor Series matchup between the two. And we see the Mega Powers getting beat up by the Twin Towers with handcuffs and nightsticks and shit like that. Then a, a still photo of the Twin Towers does the screen wipe. And we get newspaper number four. Twin Towers, sneak attack, Mega Powers, extra, extra, read all about it. Ejected from the ring that night, the treacherous twin twins were soon back to their dirty work. Double teaming the lone hulkster. Newspaper number five, Hulk double-teamed by the Twin Towers. But then, the ultimate and cowardice, the handcuffing and vicious manhandling of the lovely Miss Elizabeth, enraging the Macho Man Randy Savage to this heroic rescue. We see just that, and Savage rescues Hogan and Liz with a steel chair. Then Slickster, posing, wipes the screen to our next item. The Slickster's response, a barbaric assault on the exposed spinal column of the Macho Man, rendering the brave champion helpless. Now... This makes it sound like the Twin Towers cut open the Macho Man and exposed his spinal column as if performing some form of practice surgery. But it's basically just the boss man hitting uh, Savage in the spine with the nightstick. Newspaper number six. Batman caught and love fed nest with Catwoman. Penguin with a photograph. <laughs> Watches. Yes, the Batman fucked Catwoman, and uh, they paid the Penguin to videotape it. <laughs> yes, let me show you my Filipino flipper trick. <laughs> that was sort of Yoda and the Grandpa from Three Ninjas laughed there at the end. And I apologize to anyone offended by the Filipino flipper trick. It just had alliteration. I really don't know why it has anything to do with the Filipino nation or those from the Philippines. And for that, I apologize. Uh, but Hogan makes the save for the boss man. Only the full brunt of Hulkamania could deter the treacherous threesome and issue the challenge to clash fair and square. Team versus team tonight in the main event! We get one final newspaper. It's the seventh newspaper. It's today's news. The Mega Powers is in hard one corner. Tiny. In the other tiny, tiny right corner are the Twin Towers. Their faces, that is. And the headline reads, Live! Prime Time! The Mega Powers logo versus the Twin Towers logo, which is indeed just the two Twin Towers that no longer stand. 
Then we end with the faces graphic from the very beginning. The three powers on the left, the three towers on the right, and the main event theme song starts. Now, let's see here. Just judging by my fun computer counter, we're like 12 minutes into this thing, and it took me, I don't know, I wasn't watching six minutes to describe because I wanted to go in great detail. But folks, I want to tell you something. The Saturday, or excuse me, the main event theme song starts at one minute and thirteen seconds. So Stephanie McMahon's PowerPoint presentation only took a minute, basically, and we get the entire story of this uh, fucking rivalry. The newspaper headlines give us everything we need to know. You want to talk about maximizing your fucking minutes? Kudos to the World Wrestling Federation production staff. They know they've got the eyes of prime time glaring down, and they are here to take advantage of it. Really, really cool. Uh, Vince welcomes us to the brand new $50 million Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He says we're guaranteed to have a very, uh, you know, like awesome uh, observation of in tremendous encounters in sports entertainment this evening. I just wanted to get across that he calls it sports entertainment. Jesse is our color man. He predicts the Twin Towers will gain victory. He calls Vince McMahon a wimp from Harvard. Don't exactly think that's true. But I could see it, though. In those early days of the Monday Night War, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe and Jim Ross coming into Vince McMahon's office like, Oh, Vince, we've got to take it to WCW. Uh, Mr. McMahon, we're losing in the ratings to WCW. Well, Vince, I don't know what to tell you. Get off your keister. Let's go out there and put on a product that's going to defeat WCW. Come on, Vince. Why aren't we fighting back? And Vince is all like, we will not engage in the Monday Night War because we are men of Harvard. And that is below men of our station. I'm Army Hammer. And even though I ate that guy, I'm still a man of Harvard. Anywho, we then get into some sort of poker-themed confrontation as Jesse claims that three of a kind beat a pair. While that is true, he says the Twin Towers are three of a kind and the Mega Powers are only a pair, indicating that Slick has aligned with two individuals that are just like him, and and they have, you know, the odds in their favor. And I love that. I really do. Vince thinks that Miss Elizabeth, though, might be the ace in the hole. She'll get lost in the shuffle, McMahon. Well, Jesse, based on your comments, I don't think you're quite plain with a full deck. But let's head to a commercial. So you see the poker shenanigans. Perhaps we should get one more headline. Extra, extra, Batman takes down Royal Flush Gang. Did you know the Royal Flush Gang was an actual thing? All the guys are named after cars. There's Ace, King, Queen, Queen, Jack, Ten, Nine, Eight, even Deuce. Anywho, we're back from a commercial, and Mean Gene is set to interview the Twin Towers with their manager, the Slickster. Now, folks, Johnny C is is definitely one to dabble in a little bit of hyperbole, but please understand, I mean when I say this promo should be in some sort of a museum. Like Indiana Jones should go on some sort of an adventure to unearth the original tapes of this from Stanford and be like, it belongs in a museum. Not only is it humorous, but it gets over everything that a new audience would need to know about this unique trio of terror mean gene with some introductions gentlemen is this the match you wanted all along or are you going to continue your terrorist attacks on the mega powers and the defenseless elizabeth what do you want (laughs) okay terrorist attack yikes the slickster pontificates sit 
down, Holmes. Chill out there while the Slickster lays it all out for ya. You see, this is the Slickster's third law of wrestling dynamics. See, we are three men, and they are two men. And three men's will always be two men's. Ego presto, we will win. That remains to be seen, Slickster. And if that's the third law of wrestling dynamics, what are the first two laws? Elementary, elementary, my near idiot. See, fast is the law of the jungle. Yo, brother, kill or be killed, eat or be eaten, and I am hungry. That's it. And the second is the law of the land. Boss man, read them their rights. You have the right to suffer. You have the right to feel pain. And if you wish to have an attorney present, huh, I'll hurt him too. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Hey, 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 school is out, Holmes, you dunce cap. It's time for us three men's to go beat them two men's because it's the law. Tremendous. And I just want to point out, I am only doing impression of the slick character because that is the way that the man has chosen to deliver his written lines as a scripted character in a scripted form of entertainment. But I, I mean it I like in adulation. Slick is awesome here. This is Slick's moment to shine, and he fucking knows it under the bright lights of prime time on the cock. Like the actual cock. The actual NBC station. Now the Twin Towers come out to the arena. It's at this moment I notice or get a really good look at the... I mean, I, I got a good look at the boss man, but right here, he looks so young. He's still got the big boss man baby fat around his face. He also... Yeah, kind of looks like a deer in headlights. Not not in a bad way. Not in a way that looks like he's out of his element, but just in a way that makes it clear to me that I think the boss man knows how important this is under the lights and under prime time. Like, and I mean that as a like a a way to say that the boss man is keyed into what's happening. He's he's definitely focused. Now, Akeem dances well because he's the African dream. Akeem, hey, does Akeem have social media? Has Akeem ever taken a, taken it upon himself to record a video of him doing the Wakanda Forever? Because I feel like that'd be a great way to get some cheap heat. But probably not a good idea, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud. Jive Soul Bro plays throughout the entire arena. It's tremendous. I mean, as usual. Slickster enters the ring and, by God, takes advantage of the NBC cameras and dances. Look at Slick. Doing his business. We then get a video all about the Mega Powers friendship. Now, this video rules. I guess originally there was like a pop song here, but it's been dubbed with a sweet, sassy, and dare I say, sexy saxophone tune. It kind of sounds like the song you would hear during a bikini car wash, or perhaps let's try on some lingerie montage and one of those uh, sleazy, like, mid-90s Showtime late-night vehicles like uh, that would star Marilyn Chambers. All right? Yes. Yes, Johnny C stayed up many night to check out Marilyn Chambers' Bikini Bistro or Marilyn Chambers sells some New York apartments to some sexy ladies. What do you want from me? Anywho. I guess the song was called You're a Friend of Mine by Clarence Clements and Jackson Brown. Now, I did listen to the original two to sort of get in 
tuned, can you say that? I guess I'm the tuned man, to get in tune with what this video felt like at the time. It's got lyrics about two gentlemen who are best friends, doing things like standing by your side through thick and thin, walking through hell to get back to where we've been. You can depend on me over and over, over and over. Uh, one of the things I love about the dub is when we get to see Miss Elizabeth do the Hogan ear cup, we get a real high sex, sexy sax note, like, da -da 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 -da. like, oh, Liz is getting into the Hogan ear cup. It's sexy. Liz, you want to rent this apartment and try some lingerie? It's okay. I'm Vince McMahon, damn it. Uh, during this, like, 40-second video, we get four mega power handshakes. I love it. Back in the arena now, the towers are in the ring, awaiting their foes. We get over-the-shoulder cam of Jesse and Vince, who are in the sweet Saturday night's main event announcing position table thing. Uh, Jesse is disgusted at this video that Vince McMahon himself has edited together. He believes it's propaganda, McMahon. He then issues a conspiracy theory for us. You know, McMahon, if you worked for Nixon, he'd still be in the White House. Is that the one piece of the alternate history of Alan Moore's Watchmen that Mr. Moore decided to leave out. Did Richard Nixon stay in office for four terms because McMahon was by his side in the shadows helping control a puppet regime, if you will, much like uh, at the uh, fucking Florida retirement home uh, where Kramer was going to be the president of a puppet regime. Uh, phase three, phase four, goddamn a Boca de Vista phase three. You know what? I... I don't remember. And I fucked up the joke, and it's too late. It's gone. Mean Gene is with the Mega Powers, but first, Jesse knows that there's dissension in the ranks of the Mega Powers. He believes this, perhaps stemming from the incidents at the Royal Rumble, where Hogan accidentally, and I'm doing the finger quotes thing here, eliminated Savage. Well, Mean Gene has the powers. Let's see if we can get some clarification. This interview starts with the patented Mega Powers handshake. Yes. Mean Gene says it's clear the Mega Powers have one goal. To demolish the Twin Towers! You know, McMahon, now that I'm thinking about it, those Mega Powers might be hot enough to melt steel. Because gasoline jet fuel ain't gonna do it, McMahon. But the heat resonating off of Hogan's lust for Elizabeth could melt the steel of the towers. Hogan takes the stick. He lets us know he believes in the triangle of love. But Jesse the Body Ventura thinks there's a problem. Let's hear it from you, Hulkster. You know, Mean Gene, it's the love that's going to supercharge the Mega Powers and tear down the Twin Towers. <gasps> oh man, I really want to make a joke. It's the love between me and Miss Elizabeth. Now, let's pause. Let's rewind. It's the love between me and Miss Elizabeth. During the entire promo after the Mega Powers handshake, the macho man Randy Savage has been spinning around and making sounds. You know, like Savage does. You know, I mean, it's regular Randy Savage stuff. It's great. I'm not making fun of it. He stops on a dime when Hogan says, It's the love. Excuse me, that's my Savage. It's the love between me and Miss Elizabeth. He stops on a dime, but it's so subtle, but yet so obvious at the same time. Hogan continues, the love between a brother and a sister. Randy resumes spinning like, okay, that's all right. Uh-huh, I get what you're saying now. I was a little confused at first, but now I'm okay. It's just great little character stuff. 
I love Randy Savage like a brother, like partners, like we're friends, dude. And the love between Macho and Liz, like the way a man feels about a woman. It's like a radar beam or a laser beam. Randy wants the boss man because of the handcuff shenanigans they did to Miss Elizabeth. You see, when she hurt, I felt the cold of the steel handcuffs. I felt the cold when she felt the cold. When her muscles tore, my muscles tore. I could feel the pain, Hulk Hogan could feel the pain. And the pain won't stop until the Twin Towers come crumbling down. I mean, at this point, this just kind of sounds like a confession video. I think the mystery has been solved, but what's the statute of limitations on terrorism? Because I believe the mega powers are confessing to, uh, tearing down the Twin Towers. Miss Elizabeth leads the way, and victory awaits! Hulk Hogan's theme hits! Jesse, get set for the roof to come off the Bradley Center! Here they come! The mega powers! Miss Elizabeth Wheat leads the way. And I'll tell you, they do look like a million mega bucks coming out here. Standing ovation for the mega powers! Can you feel it, Jesse? Well, even in this frozen tundra of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you could feel the heat, McMahon. Hogan is pumped the fuck up. Savage kisses his gold. Shades of the hitman. Uh, we get a mega powers hug, a mega powers handshake, the bell rings, and here we fucking go. 11 minutes into this 48-minute show. Now, the match itself, the bell-to-bell action, it's a means to an end. However, let's talk about it and see what we can pick up before it happens. The Mega Powers have quite a discussion about who's going to start this thing. They go down to Miss Liz, they can get some coaching. Uh, Miss Elizabeth makes the call, Savage will start. Jesse is appalled that they would listen to Miss Elizabeth's advice. Well, she's never been in the ring, McMahon, and look at that. She's wearing a skirt. I never listen to anyone in a skirt, McMahon. Jesse, it's a wonder you got four kids. Well, let me tell you something, McMahon. Uh, four kids? I'm likely to have six, you know. Those kids of yours look a little bit like me, McMahon. You think Linda isn't visiting the body on the side? Anyway, McMahon, let's call this match. Big Boss Man's going to be starting for the Twin Towers, but the Big Boss Man really wants to get himself a piece of the immortal Hulk Hogan. So Savage is like, well, all right. Uh, He looks to Hogan. Hogan enters the fray, but Savage thinks twice, like, all right, stay back, Hulkster. Let's just think about this real quick. The coach said I'm supposed to start. And, you know, the coach is usually always right. Eventually, though, he gives in. He leaps out, tags in Hogan. It looks like Hogan is going to start. At this moment, Miss Elizabeth throws off her headset and kicks the Gatorade. Why won't these fuckers listen to me? I'm the coach! I don't think she sounds like that, though. But the, uh, Hogan cleans house immediately, so I guess it was the right call to pl- uh, play to call. Everyone eats a fist on the, tw- uh, the trio of the towers, even the slickster as he gets up on the apron. A big atomic drop sends the big boss man flying over the top. Milwaukee, Wisconsin loses it like an Alice Cooper concert is happening here in Milwaukee. Savage enters the ring to celebrate, and you can absolutely feel the mega power that's resonating in this arena. Now, the Twin Towers have a small conference on the outside as we get a little live graphic in the corner. I love it. I like television production. I find it fascinating, and I just love the little inclusion of the live graphic because the crowd's going apeshit, and you just want to be like, yeah, 
This is us. We made this happen live right here on your fucking TV set on NBC. It's a power statement. But I'm also really into directing, so I, I might be over, I might be overstating here. But I love it. Uh, now, Boss Man's back in. We sort of get a reset. Uh, Hogan is sort of in peril for like 10 seconds, but quickly puts the kibosh on it. Uh, he rams Boss Man into the turnbuckle, uh, beats the shit out of him, so the big Boss Man bails yet again to the outside. Now, he, he bails to the outside on the Mega Power side of the ring, and wouldn't you know it, Savage just Pearl Harbors him. Interesting, somewhat heel tactics here by the World Wrestling Federation champion, uh, but Wisconsin is all for it. Now, Wisconsin has been counting every time the towers are outside the ring, and it forces Earl Hebner to actually count like it's a real thing. So I found that funny. But it just goes to show how much the crowd is into it, because they know this isn't going to end in a countout right here in the first three minutes, but they're still counting away. Jesse believes that Hogan's out for all the glory, as he hasn't tagged. Now, to be fair, he's been dominant, so why fuck with what's working? Akeem is in now with Hulk Hogan, uh, but he gets caught in the wrong side of town, and the Mega Powers punch him back and forth. Akeem dances in between each strike. It's like a sadistic yet humorous game of Pong. Savage gets brought in, leaps off the top, and just hits the largest tower with a bomb. Wait a minute. Uh, quick tags now by the Mega Powers. Hogan is on the middle rope, and he comes off and collides with the tower like a 747. Speaking of 747, Akeem rakes the eyes and takes control. The big boss man illegally comes in for some strikes, and the Twin Towers are in control of this matchup. The big boss man hits a pile driver onto the Hulkster. It's a little sloppy looking, but nonetheless, Hogan is now in peril. The African Dream is brought in, and Jesse is pissed. He really thinks the boss man should have tagged there and won the matchup. Akeem hammers Hollywood Hulk, or Hollywood, wow, Freudian slip. Akeem hammers Hulk Hogan, and in between each strike does some <clears throat> African hand gestures, I suppose. Hogan, 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 says Wisconsin. Hogan backdrops the big boss man over the top rope. And Hogan and the boss man are now battling outside. Now back inside, Slickster holds the leg of Hulk Hogan. But Savage sprints across the ring apron and gives Slick Das Boot. Again, tremendous. And I love that Savage is the one who's really instigating or fighting fire with fire, if you will. I appreciate that in the first part of this matchup quite a bit. He's willing to do what has to be done. However, in the ring, the big boss man hits a somewhat sloppy but effective main event spine buster. The first cover of the contest. One, two, no. But Hogan clearly needs some help. African Dream Akeem is in now. Randy Savage mounts the turnbuckle with a finger in the air, begging for Milwaukee to help with a rally. Now the big boss man is in, and they're double teaming the Hulkster. Akeem is holding. The big boss man bounces off the ropes, but no! Hogan's duck, and the towers collide! Ugh. Hot tag to the macho man, Randy Savage. He does his running stun gun leap to the outside on the African Dream. The African Dream dance sells! Savage goes up top, hits a crossbody block, and Tower 1 is down! One, two, no, the big boss man saves. Savage goes off the ropes, 
for a uh, Irish whip type scenario to get some momentum. But the slickster hits with the nightstick and the macho man sells this like a gunshot. It's like the rock taking a stutter. Savage like rolls and flips off of a nightstick shot. I love it. The big boss man is now firmly in control, beating on Savage and tags the African dream. They hit a big double elbow. And Akeem tosses the Macho Man Randy Savage over the top rope, outside, towards the entrance, in the Mega Powers corner. Miss Elizabeth checks on Randy Savage. Looks like they talk for just a second. And Randy crawls back in. I'm wondering... If there's any nerves or apprehension about this spot. Not because of what it will mean, but because of the, the risk involved. And I'm sure that Randy only trusts himself trusts himself to do it safely, and I get that. Here we go. Savage gets back in the ring. Akeem grabs him, spins him right back around, and tosses him through the middle rope. And Macho Man Randy Savage collides with Miss fucking Elizabeth. She's down like a sack of potatoes and the crowd is distraught. I rewound it a few times and watched this again. It looks as safe as it could have been. Randy leads with his hips but it's still an insane visual. Like, I'm glad that it was done safely. Don't get me wrong. Because, you know, Liz, like, She's not, I mean, I know that she's uh, somewhat of an athlete. She's like equestrian and what have you, and I'm sure she lifts. I mean, she's, but my point is, is that there's a weight disparity here, all right? It has nothing to do with man, woman, or anything like that. Like, hey, I'm sure Liz could fucking tangle, all right? I'm just saying that, you know, Savage is a big dude, and there's momentum here, and it's just, it makes sense in terms of storytelling, but I'm also glad it was done safely. You want stunts to be done safely. Anywho... Hogan immediately gets down off the apron to check on both of them. He checks on both of them. He's clearly worried about both Liz and Randy. Savage kind of gets up to his knees. Hogan gives Savage like a double pat on the back like, Oh, you're okay, dude? Dude, you're okay? Okay, dude, I'm glad you're okay, dude. Savage is now back up to his feet and goes to the ring apron and turns around. And all he sees, his visual... His truth is he sees Hulk Hogan on the ground hovering over Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth is on the ground, unconscious, and Hogan's hand is rubbing Miss Elizabeth's face. Now, we know that Hogan's kind of like, Oh, Liz, dude, you okay, dude? Kind of like patting her on the cheek, like, Liz, well, Lizzie, wake up, dude! But, but Savage doesn't know this. He points and says, Elizabeth! But he's almost in shock. Does he believe that some sort of inappropriate intercourse scenario is about to happen? Or does he think that maybe Hogan struck Liz? Like, what is this man to believe? He doesn't know. The African Dream Akeem immediately grabs Randy by the hair and pulls him inside the ring for some double teaming. Hogan legit cops a feel on Elizabeth's not-yet-enhanced bosoms with his ears. Because, you know, he's, he's checking for a heartbeat. But I'm not quite sure that that's medically necessary, so it just looks like his ears are titty-fucking her. Oh my god, did I say that? Whatever, I don't edit anything out. But I can see Liz breathing. Like, her dress, like, you know, it's it's moving up and down. Jesse, of course, blames Miss Elizabeth for all of this chaos. Um, Now, a really, really amazing moment happens here. And I might be reading too much into it, but just, just go with me, alright? 
So Hogan scoops Liz up in his arms, kind of, like halfway. Immediately as he does this, you can see the ring, and the Twin Towers hit a devastating double-team strike to Randy Savage. Now, in a normal wrestling match, this would be the crowd would probably boo or be like, you know, try to rally Savage and something like this. As he gets hit, the crowd pops massively because the crowd's watching Hogan. And they see that Hogan is scooping up Elizabeth to help her. And the crowd pops as Savage gets hit. And I love the psychology of this unintended happy accident. Because popping hard as Savage gets demolished is a way to push Randy further into Macho Madness. Like, are they cheering because I'm getting beat up in the ring? Oh, I don't like it. They aren't cheering for that, but that's what makes a villain great. A villain believes what they believe no matter what. Now Randy starts to fight back. And it's pivotal that Randy starts to fight back at this moment because Hogan starts to leave with Elizabeth in his arms. Hogan is pleading to the fans like, I need you guys a doc, dude! I need a doctor bad, dude! Savage watches his partner abandon him and gets struck from behind by the Twin Towers. Hogan gets mostly down the aisle and a stretcher meets Hogan. Uh, Liz is put on the stretcher and Hogan is in tears. A random fan yells, You're a good man, Hulk Hogan! Probably a white guy that obviously doesn't eat pork. Here's the cardinal sin of the Hulkster, though. Hogan leaves with the EMTs. So, like, if if Doomsday, the supervillain, the monster, is in downtown Metropolis, just destroyed the city in a battle with Superman. If Superman stops the fight to rescue a kidster, sure, that is so Superman. But if it's revealed that after the, uh, the kidster is safe that he has a broken arm, Superman doesn't go to the hospital with the kid like, oh, Chip, are you okay? Are you okay, young Chip? No! Hogan goes back to Metropolis and fights Doomsday to save more people to do what he's there to do. He's Superman, not Super Doctor. Dr. Hogan, this man is not. What help could he possibly offer? But nonetheless, he continues to the backstage area pleading for Miss Elizabeth. Jesse believes that Hogan has completely abandoned Savage. The cameras follow the stretcher to the backstage area. Hogan fucking uh, auditions for his Oscar reel for No Holds Barred. Come on, somebody help us, dude! Come on, somebody help, dude! See? He's offering nothing. He's looking for someone that can help. He's not the man that can help. Now, all jokes aside, great moment here. Oh, somebody help us! Jesus! I mean, he yelled Jesus. Now, he's not asking Jesus for help. He's saying Jesus in duress. Like, that's a pretty ballsy move for network TV, especially when you consider that Hogan's, like, a big Christian character. Like, it just is, it's great character work, because, like, all bets are off here in Hogan's mind. Like, he needs all the help he can get. I really do think that, I believe, I stand by this, the, this, the statements that I'm making here about Hogan's performance. Finally, they get to a door that has a little sticker on it that's, like, medical room. Hogan yells, Doctor! at the door like the door is perhaps the doctor is he confused does he just see the name tag and he's like oh doctor door dude thank god you're here brother doc what are you doing you're just standing there swinging back and forth dude help her uh liz is brought in and we see an actual doctor now the emts and hogan help get liz on the operating table by uh, lifting her up you'll notice the emts grab her by the shoulders and the leg 
whereas Hogan grabs the ass. Then he grabs Liz's hand and nuzzles up against Liz's bosoms. Ah, is she breathing, Doc? Please! I mean, like I said, I can see the fabric on her dress moving up and down near her lungs. So yeah, Terry, I think she's breathing. I think you might be overstating the danger she's in. I mean, she's clearly hurt, but she's not dead. Hogan now nuzzles his sweaty face against the non-sweaty, makeup-covered face of a Miss Elizabeth. Oh God, please save her. Randy didn't mean it. I swear he didn't. Now what the fuck, Hulk? It's not like Randy hit her. He was thrown into her against his own will. Hogan is rewriting history here, trying to implant some subtle messages into her brain like he's Zach Morris or perhaps a Scientologist. Hogan continues to pray to Zenu as we head to commercial at exactly 24 minutes into the main event part two. Exactly halfway through the main event part two as it's a 48 minute show. Wow. It's tremendous. Back from commercial now. We're back in the arena and Savage is down. He's crawling to the corner to tag, but he's still all alone. Vince says, well, the Macho Man has put on a gallant effort, but time might be up for the Mega Powers, as Hogan and Liz are still in the first aid area. We then get another of those wonderful live graphics I spoke about. In the backstage medical facility, Liz is up from the stretcher and she's talking. Oh, thank God, Liz. You know, Randy didn't mean it, dude. He really didn't mean it. Beautiful serendipity here. As the crowd boos as Hogan says that Randy didn't mean it. You know, because to me, they're saying, Oh, come on, Hulk, you're so full of shit trying to get in the middle of these two lovebirds. But, you know, they're really booing to the match. But I'm running with this. Where's Randy? Oh, he's still in the ring, dude. I had to bring you back here. He knocked you out. He didn't mean it. Oh, thank God. You're okay. You know, I don't like to throw around the term gaslighting lightly, but I think it's ap- it's appropriate here. Um, You know, Liz is the only smart one here. She tells Hulk to go. Go to the ring and fucking help. Hogan bails like a dog that was just issued a command. Back in the arena, Savage is desperate. The crowd pops insane for Hulk Hogan's arrival. It's it's too it's too loud to deny, but it's very unfortunate because, you know, I'm kind of on Savage's uh, side here. Hogan gets back in the corner, but before he does, he, sta- he, he slams on the mat to let Savage know, Dude, I'm here, dude! Vince actually says, Hogan, doing everything he can for his partner! All he did was smack on the mat, Vince! Jesse continues to blame Liz for all of this. How can you be so insensitive? Insensitive, McMahon. Well, yeah, Linda doesn't call me insensitive when I get that fist all the way up in her twat. I'll tell you what, Vince, you're insensitive. What about Linda's needs? Anywho, the big boss made it a keep double team savage legally with an awkward double backbreaker. They then go to bounce off the ropes for a double 747. The tower's revenge, I guess. Now, Akeem. God bless his soul, falls through the middle ropes during this attempted 747. His face, as he falls, is worth the price of admission alone. Now, this is planned, but the African dream really pulls it off. Is this dumb? Sure, but I'm all in for it, as is Akeem. Savage moves. Bossman kisses the canvas. Savage gets in control with a double axe off the top, tosses Akeem, or excuse me, tosses the boss man outside. Akeem is in. Then Savage tosses Akeem over the top. Savage is cleaning fucking house. He doesn't need the luster. Savage approaches Hogan, his arms outstretched in the macho man position. 
He tags Hogan. He slaps Hogan! Sorry about your ears there, but he does slap Hogan. He then leaps over the ropes. He yells at Hulk. Savage struck Hogan! The big boss man pulls Hulk Hogan inside the ring, and Savage is pacing outside. Vince is confused. What does he have to be angry about? Well, Jesus, Vince, what do you think? Savage leaves. Wisconsin booze. Well, what do they know? I went to Wisconsin once, and everything tasted like cheese. Was it in my head? Maybe, but it still did. Jesse talks about how well, you don't leave your comrades behind in a firefight, McMahon. I know all about that because, you know, I was a Navy SEAL or something. Savage comes back, though. Hogan pleads for his partnership. Oh, wait, no. Savage was just grabbing the World Wrestling Federation Championship. But, well, you know, you can't leave that around with all these hooligans in the ring. I understand this completely. That thing's worth a lot of money. Savage bails for good. Jesse now loves the Macho Man Randy Savage, and I love how he flips on a dime. It's such awesome 80s heel commentary stuff. In the ring, paging Dr. Hogan, Hogan hulks up after a 747 by Akeem. He's got a PhD in pandemonium. Fists of lust and loneliness strike the African dream. A big boot. Hogan punches the boss man. Leg drop. One, two, three. And the towers have fallen on live television for America to see. Big Boss Man has some handcuffs. The Slickster has the nightstick. It's interrogation time for the Hulkster, McMahon. But no! Double Duggan Knocker! Hogan rams Boss Man and Slick together and then bails out of fear, I presume, and heads to the back. I got some surgery to perform, brother, dude. I think I left my watch in that lady's twat, dude. Whoa! Two uses of the word twat. That's three on a podcast. I'm sorry, my mom was watching. Now we follow Hogan to the back and he yells, Macho Man! I love the idea that Hogan just calls it Macho Man all the time. Anywho, Savage is in the first aid room with Miss Elizabeth. I'm not number three, I'm number one. The world champion's gotta be number one, you understand? Oh, okay. He's, see, he's not yelling at Miss Elizabeth, his lady friend. He's just discussing brand management. Totally normal for a manager and their client. It's just he's passionate about the brand management. That's all this is. That's all this is. He says, Hulk's out of line with jealousy. Hogan continues to search. Randy! Randy Macho Man! Hogan arrives, and here we go. The Mega Powers yell. You knocked her down, man. I know it was an accident, dude, but you knocked her down. Listen, let me tell you something about Hulk Hogan. I love how he says Hulk Hogan as one word. Let me tell you something about Hulk Hogan. About Hulkamania, yeah. Macho Madness is talking to you right now. Hogan swipes at Randy. No, you're wrong, man. No. You're out. You're out of line. Let me tell you why. You got jealous eyes right there. You're looking at me with jealous eyes because you're a former champion. Hulkamania is just out in the wind. I was carrying you. I'm not number three in the Mega Powers. I'm number one. You guys got me in the back seat. Well, just slow down, man. No! Man to man, you never asked me for a title shot. You know why? You know why? Elizabeth interjects, Randy! You know why, Elizabeth? Because you can't beat me. Savage touches Hogan's face. Don't touch me, dude! Savage backs off like, Oh, okay, Mr. Hulk. Oh, you're a tough guy now. You didn't come at me like a man. You're jealous I'm the World Wrestling Federation champion now, and it's going to be for a long time. Now I'm going to tell you what you're wrong about more than anything else. I could take you, but I'm going to tell you, those eyes, those eyes right there, those eyes lost Elizabeth. 
You got lust for Elizabeth right there, and it makes me sick. I can't even stand to look at you. You turn my guts in two. If you want to come at me, man to man for the belt, I'd beat you. One, two, three. That'd be okay. But because you lust for Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth, dude, try to talk some sense into this guy. Boom! Belt to the face. Savage mounts Hogan and assaults. Elizabeth pleads. She's up off of the gurney. You want to be champion? Huh? Punch, 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 punch. Liz then covers Hulk Hogan like a human shield. I'm going to splatter you right on him. Oh, okay. He, he's not threatening her with violence. He's just an artist who's trying to make a painting. He's just going to use the splatter technique. That's all this is. That's all this. Oh, shit. Randy grabs Miss Elizabeth and tosses her across the entire first aid room. Okay, well, that might have been a little out of line. Somebody stop that idiot! Vince finally interjects. Thank God he was he was silent until now. But I love that he calls the World Wrestling Federation champion an idiot. Savage lifts the belt up for the killing blow, ready to end Hulkamania for all time. What's that I smell, though? Well, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is here. He smells a power vacuum in the paradigm shift of the World Wrestling Federation and makes history by saving Hulk Hogan, becoming his all-time bag handler. Savage, though, takes him out like it's child's play. Now some World Wrestling Federation officials enter. Pat Patterson's like, Security! Get security in here! Savage tosses Pat Patterson, yells to the camera, I'll get out of here because I want to get out of here. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Uh Uh-huh! Randy dumps the stretcher for good measure, because that was the cause of all the problems. Hogan is on the ground, possibly concussed, and as we fade to a commercial, he says, Oh, Elizabeth, where's Elizabeth, dude? See? How much evidence do you need, Your Honor? That's all he's thinking about. We head to a commercial. We're back live in the arena. Hercules is approaching the ring, but does anyone really care? Much like the tag title match in the main event one, no one no one cares. No one's here for this. Talk, of course, turns to the mega powers. Jesse's like, well, I told you so. We witnessed, uh, he says, we witnessed the explosion of the problems of the mega powers. I love it. Hercules swings the chain. Referee Joey Morella and the Fink cower in fear in the corner. It's actually pretty funny to watch the Fink put his hand up like, Please, don't strike me with your chain, mighty Hercules. Vince, of course, thinks Savage is wrong. Hogan is in the first aid room with Mean Gene. Hogan is icing his skull with a big giant ice bag. Brutus is with him. I was hoping to talk with Hulk Hogan, but I think not due to his current mental state. But I promise before we leave, I will speak to the Hulkster. Back in the arena, here comes the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Oh, how the mighty have fallen since last year, huh, Ted? Hercules attacks before the bell, and here we go. Hercules then attacks Virgil. As he has Virgil in his hands, Jesse yells, Well, I guess old Herc doesn't want to be a slave, huh? Yikes. Vince actually has the cooler head about this and won't say slave. DiBiase bought the contract of Hercules from Bobby the Brain Heenan, and wanted to turn him into his... his whatever. Herc dominates. A media of the minds. Vince promises when this match is over, we will hear from Hulk Hogan. So, let's hurry it up. A nice snapmare Stone Cold Stunner sends Hercules over the top rope, and then Ted DiBiase controls this match for a long time. And really, nobody cares. Commentary, of course, mostly just talks about the Mega Powers. Jesse for Savage, Vince for Hulk. Uh, Hercules makes a comeback like four minutes later. Yep, 
skipping a lot of ground, and I don't care. Uh, with the 10 turnbuckle strikes, working on a comeback. And then a power slam by the god amongst men. Virgil wraps the chain of Hercules around the top turnbuckle. Ted is going to whip Hercules into the chain, but no, a reversal, and Ted kisses the chain head first. One, two, three, no? Wow, DiBiase kicks out from getting hit with the chain in 1989? I would have thought that would have knocked him out of action for a year. And then DiBiase gets rammed into the chain again. Jesus, that's two years on the shelf for the Tedster. Virgil's up. The referee is distracted. Hercules locks in the torture rack. So I'm either singing Luger song or the WWF hotline. You be the judge. Uh, the referee, though, yanks the chain off the turnbuckle instead of uh, counting the submission. Virgil pulls Ted out of the rack. Ted hits a schoolboy, grabs the tights. One, two, three. He got him. All right, Ted wins. There's four minutes left in the show. Hercules gets in a minor beatdown to get some heat back. Uh, he gets the chain, but Ted bails. More importantly, let's go to the first aid room. Hogan still has the ice on his head. Brutus was topless. Now he's wearing a gaudy yellow sweatshirt. Hogan, folks, is just moaning. He sounds like Bizarro and Solomon Grundy mashed into one. God, Randy, I think he's crying. Elizabeth, jealous man. What does he mean, jealous man? Jesus, is he gonna puke? He hurt me. Hurt me. Oh, he's starting to use some real big boy words now. He's up. He wanders around. Randy. Randy. I, I was wondering, he might be concussed. Does he think his brother Randy from No Holds Barred is somewhere here at the Bradley Center? He throws open the doors he once called Doctor. Some on-screen text lets us know that the main event continues. We're back. Vince and Jesse are wrapping things up. Jesse again defends Savage and believes Hogan is lustful. Vince defends Hulk because, after all, he was just helping Miss Elizabeth. Jesse doubles down on the lust-based theory. But in the back... Hogan is looking for Savage, so let's head to the backstage area! Hogan has a chair. He throws it and yells, Randy! Does he think the chair is Savage? But again, at least he's using real words. He opens some doors, tosses some more shit. Mean Gene just casually walks by. Shades of Vampiro casually walking past Hogan at Bash at the Beach 2000. Hogan opens another door. He finds Jim the Anvil fucking Nightheart in a room. He manhandles the Reino like he's a child. Did, did the Anvil know that this was going to happen? I mean, what if he was just in there casually blowing some coke? I mean, that big NBC payday's coming, right? I mean, seriously, I fear for this man's career. <laughs> Macho! Oh my god! Shawn Michaels now walks up to Hulk Hogan in the backstage area. Rocker Shawn, dude! Where is he, dude? And he just tosses Shawn like a jobber. No wonder the Heartbreak Kid held on a grudge for so long. Should Hogan really be surprised at that random sweet gin music he had to eat in 2000-whatever? No! He had it coming all the way back from the main event, too. Randy! Rocker Shawn, dude! Now, Bret Hart is here! 
Hogan grabs him by the face. He pie faces him up against the wall. I think he just concussed the hitman. Marty Jannetty's here. Hogan just yells at him, though. He knows Marty's not worth his time. <laughs> Randy! Hogan wanders into darkness as we fade to black. The main event, two concludes. Absolutely tremendous. But I guess the question we have to ask ourselves, is it as good as the main event one? Well, it's not as economic with its time, but it is a very worthy, very worthy sequel. I mean, if main event's 10 out of 10, this is like an 8.9 or a 9 out of 10. You get the all-time promo in the back by Hogan. I mean, the whole... Look, the first 30-some-odd minutes of this thing is just iconic, all right? It loses a little steam because there's an entire match after the angle, okay? The, the thing that kind of ruled about the main event one is that they used so much television time on Savage versus Honky and Andre versus Hulk and all the follow-up and the beatdown that there was like 30 seconds for the tag title match. And sure, it ends as we're going off the air. But that felt chaotic, real, live. It felt like history in the making. In a way that just, this one just doesn't quite match. It comes really fucking close. But Hercules and DiBiase actually having like an eight minute long match puts the kibosh on all time greatest and just puts it at all time show. And I think that will conclude our thoughts on the main event number two as Hogan and Savage march forward towards WrestleMania 5 and a battle of the heroes. But, you know, speaking of marching on, I hate to see this show go by in the rear view, but I really wanted to cover it coming back off the holiday break. Something special for everybody, something to get the gears going. And things are going to continue moving forward with great content here in December and moving forward all time here on the new TNN. But you got to subscribe. You got to make sure you get notified when new content drops. And hey, just a quick recommendation check out the latest episode of Multiverse of Fabulousness, which just dropped on the North South Connection Podcast Network, where I rebook Survivor Series 90 with Keith Langston. A tremendous talent, hilarious, great guy to podcast with. It's one of my all time favorite shows I've ever done. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. We are Pop, and we all lust for Elizabeth.